0: An incredible job. Get that blood pumping. All right. Had a request. Someone wanted me to give them a call. Hello. Hello, Doctor Dunn. Hey, young man. How are you doing? <laughs> Fine, sir. Hey. This morning, uh, you know, they've got the God's sake, thing. They got to have our Bible study outside really though. It's raining. So the only one who could hear in my study was Linda and Max and all. Thank <laughs> you. Look, look, look. But, uh, yeah, I know, that's one of the I told y'all last week, that's something I'm fighting too. I know a lot of you are fighting with our attitudes and tempers right now, I know everybody's mad and upset and aggravated and ready to fight, and guess what, God's Word tells us to do just the opposite, <laughs> to pray and be peaceful and to, uh, uh what of the governing authorities tell us to do, unless it goes contrary to the Word of God, but, uh. I told Brandon the safest, the best thing for me to do is not to leave the house. I'm just telling you because I just, my, I'm up here right now, and it's just every little thing. I'm ready to just snap somebody's head off, you know. And uh, uh, be my luck, I get mad holler at somebody, in some little bitty car, and the guy gets out, he's seven foot tall. <laughs> oh, excuse me, <laughs> my name's Jason. I know I'm on rode, road. I'm
1: <laughs> I'll just teach you, i
0: not be that way, maybe, <laughs> but uh, no, it's, I know it's tough, guys, I trust me, I know better than anybody, it, it is hard, it is so hard right now uh, to not lose your tempers, but just remember, remember who you are as a child of God, just remember who you represent, you're an ambassador, and don't let the old devil rob you joy, and uh, you know, i would tell you, this whole week, it just been, uh, you know, the devil's just been attacking me constantly, non-stop. I mean, it's just dreams, whatever, thoughts, I just wouldn't believe. It's just, I told bad. Like I'm just tired. I'm just, I'm just so tired. It's just been such a battle, day in and day out. Sometimes those like guys just hold me down by the throat and just beating me to death, you know. Uh, we're all sinners. We're all saved by grace, but I guess I take it uh, uh, a little more... Uh, personal, I guess, where I'm a pastor and I want to do the right thing. It's just like the more I try not to mess up, the more I mess up, the more guilt I feel and conviction I feel. And it's just, uh, uh, it makes it tough. It really does. The other night I was having, I told Dad that was severe, uh, severe, just nightmares. And I just literally said out loud, in the name of Jesus, I'm you, you to be gone from here. Did you know Brandy would fly out of the house down <laughs> the road? <laughs> I never would see him in that fast. I was like, good. Uh, slept good after that. Uh, oh Jesus. Uh, actually Dad said dad, I don't that. I'm Brandon he said you want to get dad. He's the one that said that. She said, You make that see. You ain't got see. Because <laughs> he said, I've been crazy to take out that, didn't you? So <laughs> he's a mean little man, a mean little man. Alright, you turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 4. And uh, we're going to read verses 4 through 6. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4. 4 through 6. I'll give me just a second to turn there. I like Kim what you put on Facebook. So the woman, she's in her house coat and house shoes. She said, Karen got a little too used to watch the services online. She's at, at the inside of the church with her hair of rollers and, and pajamas. 2 so. <laughs> Corinthians 4, 4 through 6. Uh, in whom the God of this world hath blotted the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine to them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let's go ahead and have another quick word of prayer, if we may, please. Uh, Therefore, Lord, we again we'd come before you and praise your holy name. Uh, Lord, I, I know a lot of people in here, if not everyone, has had a battle or two this week. And uh, sometimes it's easy to uh, to get down and depressed. You know, and Lord, to strengthen us and encourage us. Uh, Lord, I pray that you fill the sanctuary with your sweet Holy Spirit. To lead us. God has direct us in your word this morning. Help us to learn, help us to glean, help us to apply to our spiritual walk. And Lord, bring us to understanding, reveal to us something maybe we haven't noticed before. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, you know, in regards to what we to talk about a little bit this morning, you know, when, when it comes to politics and getting upset and getting aggravated, you know, it is, uh, when you I try not to give him apologies too much, but sometimes illustrations of things, you can't help but hit on those kind of things. And when there were you fall on this, it may or may not offend you, and uh, I don't know. But is the fact is, you know, in my humble opinion, uh, I feel like we had one of the greatest presidents we could have ever had. Uh, I feel like if he uh, really fought uh, for Christians, uh, fought for our liberties, uh, fought for freedom, and... Uh, and uh, really tried to uh, do what was right for this country. Uh, and then, I just can't understand how there's so many people that have so much hate for him. It is, well, I mean, he was perfect, I don't get me wrong, I mean, he wasn't the perfect person, but uh, like you've heard Dad say and other people say, uh, we didn't elect a, pre- a preacher in office, we just elected a, a, a man to get the job done. And, uh, and so when I see all this hate, Towards him, and I see these people who act like Biden and Harris is the greatest things since cracker jacks. It's just so confusing. It's like how how do you? I don't get it. You know, I, I just don't get it. I mean, they they stand for everything that for socialist ideas, or for abortion, homosexuality. I mean, everything. That's the antithesis of what we believe as Christians. And I just I'm like I don't get it. In fact, that there's an article. Uh, that uh, I saw online today said, said many people are regretting their votes. No duh. I mean, if you if you were that blind to vote for this turkey to begin with, you, I mean, what did you think he was going to do? I mean, the man don't even know where he's at half the time. He introduces his wife as Joe Biden. I mean, that's that's how he introduced his wife. I mean, the guy don't know where he's at and what he's doing half the time. Staying in the basement most of the time, and uh, uh, it's just I don't know. I, I don't get it. But that's what brought me to, you know, when I was praying about what should I talk about this morning? Because I think a lot of you are like me. What is wrong with these people? I mean, what is going on? How can you possibly support something like this? How could you possibly vote in that direction? Uh, of course, you know, we all know that most of the votes were male-ins, and those that were already dead were most of the votes he got. But, uh, so, but, uh, but those who uh, actually voted, it's just, I scratched my head and, and just shocked. In fact, there's a lot of people on my Facebook that were apparently... Uh, either secret Democrats or or liberals or Bosworths I wasn't aware of, but uh, uh, I, uh, uh, it just blows my mind. But the thing is, it goes back to this verse, four is in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. I mean, that's the only explanation, is that God of this world has blinded them. I mean, that is the only explanation, because to me, it's it's black and white, and it's crystal clear. It's like you got a man who is for those who are of Christian faith, who love this country, who loves freedom, trying to protect us, producing jobs, and then you got a guy over here that wants to, as soon as he gets in office, he costs going over 7,000 jobs or 70,000 jobs uh, immediately, uh, overturning every single thing that he tried to do. It's just like Obama 2.0 is what we got. You know, it's just like it's is insanity. Uh, and... Uh, and we have to understand. You know, there's a there's an illustration that uh, uh, I read now I know Bill Cosby as soon as you say that name has a negative connotation, I get that. Right? But uh, the story I felt was applicable to uh, what we're talking about this morning, said that uh, Bill Cosby uh, went in to go see Ray Charles in his uh, hotel or wherever he's at, said they uh, he knocked on the door, Ray Charles wanted to come in and uh, he said uh, uh, he said, I'm shaving, come on in. He'll call me, open the door, and it's pitch black. He said, without thinking, he said, Ray, did you know you're shaving in the dark? <laughs> he said, dawned on me what he said. He said, and Ray said, hey, I do everything in the dark. You know, and uh, the point of that is, not so much as humor, as it is that as Christians, we take for granted those in the world who are blind who live in darkness. See, we live in a light. Our eyes are open. Our minds have been illuminated. We understand the things of Jesus Christ. We understand that those things have been given to us. So we understand it. And so we can't expect those who live in the dark, those who do not know the things of Christ, to understand the things that we do. Does that make sense? Because it's just, you know, and it's easy to do that. You know, I, I've told you before, when I've been on social media and I've been, um, Going back to work with people. Uh, and in the past, it's like, what is wrong with you? You know, if you just want to reach the, the screen and shake them. So what's, you know? And so now when I read a post underneath the, the new local news, I just have to read a few and quit because I don't want to get upset. But it's just because it's it's hard to believe there are so many people out there who have never, ever been to church that know nothing about the Bible whatsoever, have don't even have the, the basic understanding of the, the Word. See, we take for granted because we live in the Bible belt and, uh, and a lot of us uh, in here have grown up, at least partially, probably in church, and so you have a basic understanding. But just like I told you before, at that time, me and Randy, I hate yards and a of passion. I just rather just somebody just drive me behind the car over hot coals. But every now and then I go with her and Sit in the car, I one day we went and got out and was talking to a woman, and uh, she had a girl. I think she was, well, I think it was like a 13. teenager. Yeah, she said, "Yeah, I got her to the church." She said, uh, "Yeah, we need to go." She said, uh, "I've never took her to church," and you know that just seems foreign to me. You know, I was just like, "Wow!" You know, here this girl who was a teenager and never ever been to church. So then that, that brings it to perspective why so many people. Uh, their 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 ethics, their morality, their way of thinking is so completely contrary to how we think as Christians because why? We have been redeemed, we've been bought out, we've been sanctified, glorified. We you know when we we have that transformation of mind, which we'll get into here in just a little bit. Uh, through Christ Jesus that we have uh, that, that understanding our way of thinking and looking and, and perceiving things are completely the antithesis of what we did before. The things we used to find funny aren't as funny as you know, the, the we used to think was funny or, or how we used to think or who we used to hang around with is going to be completely different uh, than the way it was before because God has changed our minds, you know and so for those who have lived under spiritual darkness, uh, for those who have been blinded, they reject the things of God you know it, 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 you, know, you can look no further. Uh, like I said before, on social media, you can see the amount of people who totally, completely reject God, call the Bible a book of fairy tales, uh, call, they refer to God in a, in a very condescending way as a to, as a sky daddy, and, uh, and, and and mock and make fun of us. But when I see those things, you know, I, I you know, I know I've said this before, and don't want to sound redundant, but you can't help to think about uh, Noah. You know how he was for years; he was telling people, "Hey, you know." Flood's going to come. You know, here's in the middle of the desert building the, the ark, you know, and I'm sure to the end they were thinking, this dude's crazy, you know. And they were mocking, and they were making fun. He said, hey, you better prepare, you better be ready. And guess what? The floods came, and God, you know, so it's, you know, always remember, God shut the door on that. And they're screaming they're hollering, and hollering, it's too late to end. Well, guess what? That's what's going to happen now. Because, I, you know, I know, you know, I'm sitting over here, and we talked about it, and he said, you see, I've loved living about in the last days. And I say that as a warning. As Noah used to try to tell those people, hey, this is coming. And that's why I say that we're living last day. This is coming. Jesus Christ is going to rapture us out of here. There's a distinction between the rapture and the second coming. Jesus is going to rapture us out of here. And that's why I feel the urgency to, hey, you better wake up. You better understand the things of Jesus Christ. You better get your house in order. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your firstborn Savior, you better come to know him now. Because it's going to be one day. He's going to twinkle of an eye. We're going to be out of here. And people are going to be screaming and crying and all upset and say, what have I done? Now, the possibilities of getting saved after the rapture are being very minimal. It would be very difficult. So I'd say it's outside of the, the, uh, uh, the, the realm of possibilities, but it would be very difficult uh, at that point in time. So you, that's why it's important. That's why we say with urgency, maybe you need to come to know Jesus right now. And there's so many people, you know, you can say, you know, well, uh, it, it may not be one of facts. Let's see if I get into that. Uh, let's see if I want to look at, hold on here, Romans 12. Uh, yeah, Romans 12, 2, uh, in reference to uh, uh, godly living in particular. Um, oh, I'll give it a turn here. Romans 12, 2. And then be conformed to this world, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, here's the thing. You know, people may say, well, before you be transformed in the renewing of, of the gospel, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, God has to illuminate uh, your mind. All right? And they say, well, that may not be fair if I'm living in darkness, but you understand, since the fall of man, we live in darkness, we live in sin. You know, that sin uh, is like a disease that's been... Uh, been handed down from generation to generation, like a like a bad set of genetics, uh, if you will. And you know, I mean, people may say, uh, well, uh, you know, it's not fair that if I'm living in darkness, how am I supposed to understand the things of the Lord? But here's the thing: man loves darkness rather than light. See, it's your choice. We you love those things that are in the world. We love the darkness uh, as opposed to the light. See, so the truth will be there. God has revealed Himself even through nature alone. People try to say, deny God even nature. Reveals the awesomeness of God. So there's no excuse whatsoever uh, when we, we stand for judgment in God. You can't say, well, I didn't know. Nobody told me I was living in darkness. You chose where you wanted to live. You know, that's why Satan's temptations uh, make these things so much more enticing because in our heart of hearts, we love the darkness. We love uh, the things of the world. And see, that's why we have to reject the things of the world, and that's why we have to deny self and accept that free and awesome gift of God. That free gift of salvation. So, you know, the devil, you know, I' always trying to compare uh, uh, sometimes with our Christian walk. You know, it's, it's, it's not easy. It is hard. It is difficult. Many you all know this. Those who are saved. And I don't take for granted that every person in here is saved. I told you before, Statistically, three-fourths of those who attend church are not saved. They think because they are doing good, they come to church, they're benevolent, then they're going to get, they're going to go to heaven. That's not true. It's only in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior can you enter through the gates of heaven. If you had, if you prayed that prayer and you meant that, you understood that that, that 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 substitutionary atonement on the cross, what Christ done for you, will you enter the gates of heaven? Remember, salvation when you pray that prayer is not a, a, a magic formula that you just pray. And I'll say, oh boy, I'm just in. Everything's good. I just go out and do what I want to. That's not how it works. It should be transforming. It should change you, as we see here, that transformation of mind. And so you should uh, uh, have that ability to, to strive to have more of Jesus Christ. But then it is, I don't want to sit here and act like everybody in here is saved because everybody in here probably isn't saved. Everyone in here may be. I don't know. I can sit here and look at you and say, well, you're saved, you not. I don't know who's saved and who isn't. I don't have a clue who is. But you need to understand that. That you have that choice today, whether to accept or reject the things of Jesus Christ. And just because that you, you know, you know uh, we're all tempted and we're all going to fail sometimes. We're be victorious at times. And it's tough. Being a Christian is one of the hardest things you will ever have to do, ever have to face, ever have to go through. It is tough. It is hard. You know, you've been doing really good for a while, you're getting close to God, things are going great, and all of a sudden, bam, the old devil knocks you down, you mess up, you screw up again, you're thinking, ugh, why did I say that, why did I do that? You know, uh, you, know you just want to beat yourself up, you know, it's, it's hard, it's easy to do. I know I do, I'm going to let you all, but when I mess up, I'm like, Lord, forgive me, I'm sorry, I messed up again, why did I do that? And then it says, and you know, as I said before, the, the, the battle doesn't end there. And the devil's like, "Look what you did! Look what you said!" You know, and like, "I don't forgive, and I don't forgive." And why did I do this? You know, because the old devil—he wants to, he wants to pull you away. He wants to separate you from the love of Christ. He wants to cause that division. He wants you to give up. And that's why we have to keep up the fight. We have to keep pushing forward. We can't allow him to have that that victory uh, in our lives. To have to. To, uh, to make us feel defeated when we are victorious. It's like this whole political thing, you know, and it feels like the end. It feels like, that, you know, where, where else are we to go? But I love what I saw what somebody had written uh, said that, uh, you know, look at the Israelites. When they come up against the Red Sea, they thought it was a dead end to the, to the Lord, part of those waters, you know? So sometimes it can feel like, we're in that dead end. You we know, feel like we're, there's nowhere else to go. What are we going to do? And that's when God intervenes in a miraculous way. Is that not an awesome thing? as long as we have to keep that hope, uh, keep that hope alive that God is in control. Despite whatever the government may do, whatever happens in this nation, we know that God is in control. Now, I want you to look over here at John chapter 9. John chapter 9. And... Uh, uh, verses 1 through 12. we We'll take a look at that. Now, it's very interesting. <clears throat> we see what Jesus here, uh, you know, when you see in John 8, in fact, uh, I think it was uh, uh, Packer who may have uh, uh, made this reference, uh, said that, you know, in John 8, uh, he uh, was revealing uh, that light and darkness. And in 9, uh, he is making the blind to see. And in eight, he the people were stooping down to pick up rocks to stone him. But in verse nine, I mean, chapter nine, uh, he was stooping down to get the uh, the, the mud to to uh, make the blind to see. The the, the the contrast between the two is very interesting. But let's take a look at this here, just for a second, if we may, in uh, John chapter uh, nine, <clears throat> and Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Now remember. Uh, this man, uh, he wasn't. Uh, if he it doesn't indicate that he was screaming out, of course he may not even known that Jesus was even there. But Jesus spotted him. Okay, and his disciples asked him, saying, "Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Because they they were under the they uh, the at that point in time. And I think some people still have this this uh, philosophy as well that uh, they had to do something or their parents had to do something, that's why they had this disability, or this why lot bad things were happening. And that's not how it works, okay? That is not how it works. Now, we can see uh, where uh, uh, the parents could be the result of uh, a handicapped, We'll say a, a drug-addicted baby, obviously, that's because of what the mother was doing, uh, or um, uh, something that, you know, you understand what I'm saying, you could be able uh, to something, uh, while they were in the womb, that couldn't directly affect and We can't see that, uh, at least. But, you know, God's not, you know, I think a lot of people, because we we, under, we have this understanding of merit, well, if, if I do this, this happens. You know, we, we think that that's how God works. That Well, if I do these good things, then God's automatically going to give me good things. If I mess up and do bad, then God's out to get me. That's why these bad things are happening. And that's not how it works, right? Uh, God's not out to get you. Alright, God's not to say, well, uh Brad, you messed up, so now uh, uh, you know, every bad thing that happens is because where you messed up, you know, and it's easy to think like it, it really is. Uh, I, uh, I like I said this whole week has just been been crazy and uh, it's been a real battle. And um, just even yesterday I got pulled over by a state trooper. I said, oh, figures. I told Grammy I said, figures. The way this week's gone and just it's just the way it goes. And he uh, asked me why I was in a hurry, and, and uh, I said, to be honest with you, I was uh, getting ready to pray my father-in-law's got COVID, and I saw you, and I saw my speed, and I got no excuse." And he said, well, he said, you have a good day. I was like, holy cats. I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> so I got out of there pulled up real slow. I told Brandon, I said, well, what are we done by a burnt rubber and took off real quick? <laughs> but, <laughs> So, you know, not every bad thing that's going to happen as a result of something you've done. But anyway, uh, Jesus answered, neither hath this man sin nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work for the works of him that sent me, while it is the day that not cometh when no man can work. So, he let him know that, hey, God sent him here for this to happen. Now, here's a couple things here. You know, this, is, this, this was going on so that <laughs> God, that Jesus Christ will reveal himself, who he is, and what he was able to do. And some people may say, uh, well, that isn't fair that this man had this disability, and and just so God could show his. uh, um, Sorry, uh, my mom just sent a message, distracted. uh, So that, uh, uh, you know, he could reveal his his power. But I think we're minimizing uh, who God is and what he's able to do. Uh, and we're exalting man bigger because we need to minimize man and make God bigger. And what Paul was talking about, in particular that uh, that we may suffer just for a little while. And it, what we have to go through is minimal compared to what God may need to reveal through us to show other His power. What He's going through. And two, uh, another thing we look at here is that uh, He says, "While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work." Now remember. Alright, what this was talking about too as well, that we have a job. Remember, as Christians, we have a responsibility to, to get out there and evangelize to others about Jesus Christ. We were talking about the not coming, talking for reference to death. Alright, that we are only here just for a little while. We're only here just for just, you know, uh, we're a vapor. Alright, here I'm, I'm 48 years old. It don't seem possible. Alright, I mean, it's literally, it feels like, know well, yesterday I was 18. Now, if you talk to my wife, mentally I'm 13. But, chronologically, I'm 48. And, it has, and She said, that quick, it doesn't seem possible. This May, it'll be 30 years after I graduated high school, it does not seem possible. I mean, it really doesn't, it's like, where did the time go? You know, it went by that fast. So that's why we have important work to do before we leave this earth. We're only here just for a little while. And so just like he's saying here, when no man can work, uh, uh, while it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. So while we're here, we got a job, we've a responsibility, we have things we need to do. And uh, verse 5, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said unto him, Go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which his interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed, and came seen. The neighbors, therefore, and they, uh, sorry, I can't read the The neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him, that he was blind, said, Is it not this, he that sat and begged? So, they're, in other words, they're trying to say, he was trying to tell people, hey, Jesus healed me. I can see now. And they're saying, almost arguing, like, you're not the guy that was begging. You're not the guy that was uh, uh, out there saying that he was blind. Uh, and he said, no, no, it is me. And uh, some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. And he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, how we how, how were thy eyes open? He answered and said, a man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received sight. Then said they unto him, where is he? He said, I know not. You know, and it's very interesting, there was an article that came out this week that uh, in Israel, they have come up with a new uh, type of cornea implant uh, for those who are blind uh, to allow them to see. It's non-biodegradable. Uh, it is, uh, this is, a, those who have this uh, uh, type of uh, uh, ailment uh, that causes them to go blind, is just revolutionary in mm-hmm. how they can open that up. In fact, God's Word talks about how the uh, the eyes uh, are what uh, illuminate uh, the body and uh, the light that goes through that in your eyes and that uh, doesn't go through the body. In other words, talk about uh, for those who understand the things of Christ, uh, that light uh, will uh, reveal and illuminate the, the understanding. And uh, for those who don't have the light, it's one day you're, you're headed for destruction. Of course, uh, I'm paraphrasing there. But, uh, but I thought it was very interesting uh, in light of this teaching this morning, uh, talking about uh, the, those who are in darkness, uh, those who are blind to the things of Jesus Christ. And here man has developed a way to, uh, in, in to illuminate that eye uh, to be able to see, but it's only through Jesus Christ can we really see, can we really understand those things. Uh, Robert Louis Stevenson, when he was 12 years of age, uh, said that uh, the uh, governess come in and saw him sitting on a window as the night watchman was lighting the lamps. And she said, what are you doing? She said, I'm watching this man punching holes in the darkness. And, uh, you know, uh, the, for that light to be revealed. And, and that's what we have to do as Christians. We've got to punch holes in those walls of darkness. See, we need to evangelize. We've got to get there's people who are applied or people who are desperate to uh, they, they, they need Jesus Christ. They don't even realize, they don't even understand that they are in need of a Savior. They are in need of saving. They're wandering around in darkness and don't have a clue. They can't see a thing. You know, they're, they're blinded. And so we, it's, it's, it's important for us as Christians to get out there and evangelize, tell us about the Lord. In fact, I was hoping that I, uh, Dad does, didn't have enough copies, but I was hoping have his book of evangelism available today to give out to you folks, but uh, he didn't have enough copies. But, you know, when it comes to evangelism, all right, uh, you know, we're looking at verse 12, too. You know, we're looking at that transformation of, uh, uh, of that heart and mind, you know, or that godly living. Uh, if we look at that, that we have to, our, when we come to Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, we are transformed. We are renewed. We are changed. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. We've got to offer that hope to the world who is in that darkness. You know, and I know evangelism is awkward. It's hard. It's difficult. A lot of people feel shy. They're just like, you know, I, I don't know uh, how to approach somebody. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. You pray about it. You know, it's, it, for somebody who's an extrovert like me, it, it may come a little easier. For somebody who's an introvert, very quiet, it's harder for them, you know. and uh, But you've got to use your, everyone who's in here has gifts and talents that God has given you. Use those in a way that might help minister and further the gospel. You know, when I, uh, uh, before I come to ministry, I, was, I worked in sales down here at Centrillion. And uh, people used to, uh, where well, I would sell so much, uh, with, you'd have prizes you could win, and, and uh, we got bonuses, and, and I was doing very good. And people would get mad. They would trash my desk. They would literally tear up stuff on my desk and trash my desk. Anger. They said I was lying and, to people, and, and what I was doing was unethical, but they listen to every call and i have never done nothing wrong, but here's what I would do, see, uh, and when I was selling, is I would talk to somebody and I would try to find a common interest. And in that common interest, I would kind of get some a little bit, and then i kind of slide that in about what they had to offer uh, in, in the sales. And, and a lot of times they would buy, and a lot of times they did, it just depended on the day. But that's it, you know, you get to talk to somebody, you know, and, and find a common ground and just talk to them a little bit, Invite the church, you know, ask them if they know Jesus Christ Lord and Savior. You know, it's not that you're in sales, uh, so to speak, but you're trying to offer them something, a lifeline, all right? They're in the ocean drowning, you're trying to throw them a lifeline to, uh, so they can understand that they need Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. These people in this world are in darkness. The sad thing is they love the darkness. But we got to punch holes in that darkness you know, and show that light of Jesus Christ. And when we feel angry, we want to retaliate. What did Jesus do by example? He didn't retaliate, but he was attacked. We show peaceful attitude. We show love. We show humility. We show Jesus. And it's easy, man. It is so easy to, to trust me. That's something I find every day is my temper or my attitude. But that's what we got to get for the word of prayer. See, you've got if you're not spending time in the word, and you're not spending time on your knees, then that's where you're going to have trouble. You've got to arm yourself. What does Ephesians tell us? Put on the whole armor of God. Are you putting that on daily? Are you spending that time in the word, spending that time in prayer? Are you doing those things so that you can fight when the battle comes and all can you be defensive and offensive and go out and talk to everyone you can come across? Because... Robert, I'm gonna say it again. We're in the last days. All right, that should be a sounding brass to those in this world, and we, we've got to get their attention. we have got to tell them, you've got to wake up. And you know, sometimes if we can't get through to them with words, then we can get through to them with actions. You know, and I think some people uh, confuse uh, showing love with compromise. They think well, all the way they can show love is to compromise their principles uh, with the gospel uh, and uh, to water it down, and that's all the only way they can show love so they don't offend somebody. Remember, the cross is offensive. You're going to offend people. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what you do; you're going to offend them. So you might as well just go ahead and say, "Hey, I want to explain to you things to do as lovingly as kind as you can," but they're, they're going to accept it or they're rejected and. Sometimes they're going to get you off. They want. They want to throw you off. They want to say, oh, "Well, why does God allow uh, uh, suffering? Why does God allow these children to, to starve?" They don't care about the suffering. They don't care about starving children. They just want to throw you off track. And uh, just like yesterday, I, started, I was uh, uh, in a conversation uh, uh, talking against homosexuality, and uh, of course, they. Uh, the first thing they want to do is say, "You're a bigot. You're a judgmental." And I said, "Oh no, you call me a name. How will I ever get over it?" Uh, you know, and uh, and so of course I made them more angry. But you know, I had fun with it. But anyway, uh, you know, that's what they want to do. They want to call you names, hoping to shut you down, so that you get bumfuzzled and don't know what to do. Stand your ground. Stand your ground as a Christian. Don't compromise on God's word. Do what God has called us to do as Christians. And you know, I think a lot of people, they, I think they lose sight. Of our responsibility and the job we have to do. And what does God tell us? We love the Lord God with our heart, soul, mind, body, and being, love our neighbors as ourselves. We have a responsibility to punch holes in the darkness. So, guys, as we were reading here, before the night cometh, we're all, you know, we we may leave this earth before Christ, graduates and out of here. But either way, we're going to stand before God. And let's make sure that we have done our just duty. And uh, we, we're not standing there being weighed and measured without wanting. You know what I mean? Let's make sure we get out there and spread the gospel. If you'll stand, we will uh, have a word of prayer. I'll remember this time, like <laughs> last Sunday. And uh, after I pray, Mrs. Brown that will be kind enough to play the invitation. If you don't know Jesus Christ, Lord Receiver, Savior, please come up and talk to me. Uh, if you have any concerns, uh, feel free as well. Let us pray. Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you for this day. Uh, Lord, thank you uh, for allowing me to spread the gospel message. Lord, I pray for those uh, that have been blinded by the God of this world, that, have been, uh, that are in darkness, Lord, and that you will illuminate their hearts and minds. That they'll come to know you before it's too late. That they're not basing their eternity on good works alone, but they understand uh, what you've done on the cross for them. Lord, for anyone watching this morning that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God. Forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Grace and mercy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Have a good day and a good week. Amen.